I forgave a guy this week. I mean, I, I kind of did, you know. Still working through it, I think. You know, you know when you're merging onto the, like you're getting on a ramp, getting on the highway? And like, like you turn left to get on the ramp, and the other guy's coming this way, and it's like, like there's two ways to get on the ramp. You turn left to get on the ramp, and then the curvy part. And you merge together onto the ramp, and then the ramp gets on the highway, right? And the curvy part, from the guy coming this way, he has a little sign that says, yield, right? Yes. Yes, he has a sign that says yield. So I'm driving, minding my business, getting on the highway. I turn left. No yield sign for me. This brother's coming. He's got, he's got the yield sign. He comes up, and we're coming up at the same spot, and I'm not paying any attention because I don't have a yield sign. So I'm just going, and I realize, like, this dude ain't stopping. He's not yielding. I have the right of way. And, and I, I, like, looked over at him, and he's, he's looking over at me like, I swear, he just looked at me like, dork, you're in a minivan. And I was like, this dude's an idiot. Never mind, I forgive him, because I knew I was preaching this. I like, you have to live what you preach. So I've forgiven him. I'm not upset. That's a little forgiveness, but sometimes it's harder to forgive. And today, we're talking about forgiveness. I want to first talk about the forgiveness that we receive from, from God. We have a lot that we need forgiven for, don't we? Let me, uh, let me just see what's in my baggage here. Let me open up my baggage, because I've got a lot of baggage. Oh, it's a coat. I like this coat. Let's go ahead and put this on. When we go through life, we're actually all born with a sinful nature, something we wear. And it's, it's on us, and it affects what we do. I never taught my son how to lie to me. He just knows. He was born with a sinful nature. And we go through life, and, and when we're not under submission of the Holy Spirit, we keep sinning. We keep putting on layers. And that sin starts to weigh us down. It starts to get hot. I don't know. I'm going to get real warm here in a minute. And maybe you lie and you keep lying. Maybe you are doing some shady deals. Maybe you're involved with some deceit. If you keep going, your life is, okay, this is hard. Your life becomes hard to work through. Your life becomes hard, it's hard to do anything because your life is weighed down with the burden of sin can't move very well. There we go. There we go. And in fact, my relationship with God is impeded. Like, you, you can't feel it, but I'm hot, starting to sweat a little, and all these layers are, are heavy. And if I were to take these all off and someone, someone were to come up, I don't know, like, like God, if God were to come up and poke me, Without these layers, I'd feel it. But right now, you could come up and, I can't even. You have to poke me pretty hard to get through all these layers before I feel anything. So I become desensitized to what God wants to do in my life. If only there was a way out. If only there was a way out of, of this burden. 
and relief of all my sins. There is. If you're taking notes, you can write this one down. Here's number one. If you don't have your, if you didn't get the bulletin when you walked in, you can always use the YouVersion Bible app. If you tap on more and then events and uh, tap on us, we'll pop up. And all the sermon notes are right there ready to go for you. This is so hard to move. This is like, I feel like I'm in one of those sumo wrestler suits that you see on TV. So many layers. Here's number one. God's forgiveness is available through Jesus. God's forgiveness is available through Jesus. See, it's because of Jesus' Jesus's sacrifice on the cross that these layers can come off. You see, the penalty for the sin is, is death, but I didn't pay that penalty. Jesus paid it for me, and I can, I can take my sin, and I can take the burden and the weight of my sin, and I can hang it on what, what Jesus did. Let me see what other kind of baggage I have in here. Oh, this, this, this won't fit. I'm going to just put this up here. <clears throat> I don't need to try that one up. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. In him, who, in who? In Jesus. In Jesus we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance to the riches of God's grace. Ephesians 1, 7. God's forgiveness is available through Jesus. Jesus picked up the cross that we deserved and he absorbed the blow himself. I'm going to just start getting through this because I'm tired of sweating. Jesus was tried in an unfair trial. Wasn't much fairness to it at all. Put this one here. He was mocked, beaten. He didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve it. Forgiveness is not giving someone what they deserve. Forgiveness is giving someone what they don't deserve. Jesus absorbed the blow for us. And when I confess my sins and I look upon the Lord, if I cover them all, I got one more. It's a Mary Poppins bag. They keep coming. I can hang my offenses against God on, on him and what he did. Even in Jesus' last moments on the cross, his thoughts were filled with forgiveness. Father, forgive them. That's what he was thinking about. The cross was one big act of forgiveness. One big act of ceasing the cycle of paybacks. That's how I would like to define forgiveness. Stopping the cycle of payback and revenge. You do something to me. You come up, you, 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 you shove me. First thing I'm, in my gut, the first thing I'm going to want to do is shove you back. It's what you deserve. You shove me, I shove you. We're even. But that's, that's revenge. I'm taking revenge, and I'm going to shove you back this revenge, and then he's got to pay me back. We, things escalate. Forgiveness is absorbing the blow. You shove me, and I cease the cycle of revenge and payback. The cross was one big act of forgiveness. It ceased the ultimate cycle of payback and revenge, and Christ absorbed our blow. That's forgiveness, absorbing the blow. And it's available to all of us through Jesus. Here's number two. You can write this down. God's forgiveness is unlimited. God's forgiveness is unlimited. I've heard people say, oh, 
If I stepped foot into the church, the whole place would burn down. I'm too bad. I'm just too messed up. I've done too much wrong. Anyone ever heard someone say something like that? It's just a big fat lie. Everybody say big fat lie. It's a big, fat lie that you could be too bad to receive God's forgiveness, God's grace. It's not true. The Bible says, 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we, are, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. It means you can depend on him. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Why? Because that penalty for our sin, the penalty of our sin is death. We deserve it. But Jesus did it for us. And we can hang our sinful nature on him because he paid it for us. So if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. But is there a limit to that, Pastor Adam? I mean, you don't know just, just how bad I am. Consider this. There's a story. Jesus had 12 disciples. One of them was named Peter, and another of them was named Judas. Have you ever considered that they both committed the same sin? They both betrayed Jesus. They both did it. In fact, Judas betrayed Jesus once. And he ran away from Jesus. In Matthew 27, in fact, we see Judas was this close to finding repentance when he had realized what, what his betrayal had done and it had led to the crucifixion of Jesus. He ran to the people that he betrayed Jesus to. He ran, Matthew 27, it says that Judas ran to the chief priests and elders and said, I have sinned. And the chief priests and elders said, what's it to us? That's on you. And that's when he went and hung himself. He ran to someone else. He didn't run to Jesus. When we sin, church, we need to run to Jesus. It's often the last thing we do. It doesn't make sense. Like we think he doesn't know. <laughs> he knows. We have to run to Jesus because he's the only person who could do anything about it. So Judas betrayed Jesus once, and when he realized his sin, he didn't confess his sins. He did, but not to Jesus. He didn't run to Jesus. He ran to other people. Peter, on the other hand, betrayed Jesus three times. He denied Christ three times. Jesus said, you're going to do it, Peter. And he's like, absolutely not. I should not do that. And he did three times, not just once like Judas, three times. And then he went and wept bitterly in his heart. He ran to Jesus. <coughs> and when the women went to see Jesus's body after three days, they went to see Jesus's body in the tomb. An angel appeared. Look at what the angel said. Mark chapter uh, 16, I believe. Yeah, Mark 16, 6 and 7. The angel said, don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Go tell his disciples and the one. He could have just said, go tell his disciples. Peter was one of them. But the angel was specific. Go tell his disciples and that one that needs to know he's forgiven. And that one that needs some extra encouragement. Go tell his disciples and specifically Peter. You may be here today and you're thinking, ah, oh, there's just no hope for me. I'm too bad. 
You could be as bad as Judas. But when you run to Jesus, you will be called out by name. If your soul is broken, imagine an angel calling to you today saying, Hey, your name, Peter. Jesus wants to see you because he does. God's forgiveness is unlimited. And I'm not just talking to people who don't know Jesus. I'm talking to those of us who have known Jesus our whole lives or a major portion of our lives. We need God's forgiving power at work in our lives and our hearts regularly. Because of our sinful nature, when we're born, we're, we're actually the enemies of God. And when we uh, put our faith in Jesus, that turns us from the enemies of God into the children of God. We're his children. And nothing can change that. Just because you go off and sin once doesn't, doesn't break your status. Any more than my, than my children lying to me makes them no longer be my children. Can you imagine what that would be like? Like, Caleb, did you do that? No. All right, you're done. Out the door. See you. He's still my child. It doesn't change his status as, as my child. But that sin changes the relationship. God wants to have a relationship with each of his children. I like to imagine it like a water hose. He wants there to be a flow of grace, a flow of worship. He wants, to be a, he wants there to be a flowing relationship between him and us. And our sin does not change our status as a child of God. But it grabs that water hose and it kinks it. It's like the, the flow changes. The relationship changes. God wants to have a... I can make up words, right? I got the microphone. God wants to have a kinkless relationship with you. So run to Jesus. If there's ever been a day where you were closer to Jesus than you are today, you have some forgiveness to ask for and repenting to do. So run to Jesus, not away from him. He's the only one who could solve anything. I need to do it regularly because my pride, my apathy, my anger, my bitterness, my lust, my greed, they keep popping up. Does anyone ever identify with that? Sin, it's like, like you think you got it dealt with. And then you walk through your life, all of a sudden, it's like, it's like gum stuck to your shoe. You think you got it all off, and then you walk into the next room, and you hear... It's like, what is that? I'm in a hot zone. What is that? Let me get that off. You got to, where's the goo gone? You got to get this gum off my shoe. Sin is a little bit like that. You think you have it dealt with. And Jesus dealt with it once and for all. But because of our own sinful desires, we keep running back to it. There's just this little... We have this old man that we have to continually, regularly put to death. Just keep sticking to us. It's like my wife and I, earlier this week, we took our kids to IHOP for breakfast. Anybody like pancakes? I'm so glad they made a whole house for them. Go pancakes. Um, and IHOP has, it's so great. IHOP, they have not just one type of syrup, they have four. You get original, butter pecan, uh, blueberry, uh, strawberry. I don't know what they were thinking when they made strawberry syrup. It's just disgusting. If you like it, fine. And the pancakes taste so good. And the syrup all over tastes so good. 
But if you've ever eaten at IHOP, you, you know that when, you, when you've, you're done with it, because other people have used that syrup, you walk away with sticky fingers. The first thing you want to go do is just wash it off. I think sin is a little bit like that. Oh, that, that tasted good, but it's just stuff that sticks to you. When we mess up, don't hide from Jesus. He's the only one with the soap to clean it. He's the only one who can make it better. Just this week, I received a message on Facebook from someone who um, I, I, I said, well, I haven't seen you in a while. And I said, yeah, I'm here every week. Come to church. And his response back was, well, things have been kind of rough, so I haven't been going. I don't get it. But it happens over and over. There's story after story of people in the church. Well, I lost my job, so I'm done with God. What? My marriage fell apart, so I'm done with the Lord. What? That's when you need Jesus. If something's going wrong, run to Jesus. If there's sin in your life, don't hide it from him. Guess what? He knows. It's not a secret. Often in our prayers, we, we start and we say, well, Jesus, and we, like, we tell him things. I think that's good. That, that's good for us, but, but he does know. He knows already. And so any confession that we ever do to the Lord, it's never surprising him. It's kind of like when a little kid comes to confess to you, or, or when they tell you, finally tell you the truth, you knew. It's like a kid with chocolate all over. Did you, eat, did you get into the chocolate? He says, no. And then he finally says, yes, I did. You, you know, God knows. We just have to run to him, not away. And so often it's like we're, we're ashamed. And so, so we hide and we, we don't run to Jesus. We run somewhere else. But that was the difference between Judas and Peter. Peter ran to Jesus. Judas didn't. God's forgiveness is unlimited. I think sometimes we don't run to the Lord for the forgiveness. Maybe we, we hide because we're ashamed. Maybe we, we hide because we think he's mad at us. Church, look at me. God's not mad at you. You're his child. You're his son. You're his daughter. He's not mad at you. He just wants to make you whole. He just wants to purify you. He just wants to help you. He wants to unkink your relationship. Because he wants to pour blessings and grace into your life. And until we run to him, there's a kink in the hose. Preach it, Pastor Adam. That's a good word. Thank you. <laughs> Here's number three. You can write this down. God's forgiveness doesn't stop with God. God's forgiveness doesn't stop with God. I saw a bumper sticker that said, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. How many know you can't get your whole theology from a bumper sticker? Get it from the Bible, don't get it from bumper stickers. And although this bumper sticker is completely true, Christians aren't perfect, we're forgiven. There, there's a, there's a, a, a wrong idea there where it says Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. We're not just forgiven. Christians aren't perfect. We're forgiven, but we are forgiven forgivers. We're not just forgiven. We are forgiven with a purpose 
on purpose with an expectation that we pass on the forgiveness to others. Christians aren't perfect. We're forgiven and expected to forgive. That's a pretty strong statement, Pastor Adam. You better have some scripture to back that up. Here it is. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Elsewhere, Colossians chapter 3. It's very clear. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Is there another way to take that? It's pretty plain. If the cross was one big act of forgiveness. And by forgiveness, I mean it ceased the cycle of paybacks and revenge. And Christ absorbed the blow for us. If that's true, then in order to be Christ-like, we must also cease the cycle of paybacks and revenge and instead absorb the blow. I gave a little example earlier when I totally had the right of way and I was right and the dude that was wrong that was coming up, he had a yield sign and he was like, I just absorbed the blow. I just hit my brake pedal and let him go and dropped it. That's absorbing the blow. That's a little act of forgiveness. Jesus did not pick up the cross and say, here, let me take care of this for you. Jesus picked up the cross and said, hey, come do this with me. Let me be clear. Jesus is the only one that could pay the penalty for our sins. He's the only one that could do that. We can't earn it ourselves. It is all on him. Praise the Lord for the gift that he gave us. But he told us to take up our cross. He took up his cross and he said, hey, come do this with me. Forgive others. Absorb the blow. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm absorbing the blow. So hey, do this with me. Absorb the blow. Stop the cycle of paybacks by forgiving with me. Take up your cross. Do this with me. That's what Jesus was saying. The cross is not just something Jesus did. The cross is something Jesus did. But a cross is the way that we are supposed to live. If we're going to be Christ-like, then we need to forgive like Jesus did with suffering. It's hard. You can be a Christian without forgiving but you are not being Christian, an imitation of Christ, without forgiving. Does that difference make sense? You could be a Christian. Your status as a child of God is established by your faith in Jesus. But you're not being Christian. You're not being an imitation of Christ, the image of God, without forgiving, like he told us to. Would the worship team come up? If you're a follower of Tom Brady, if it's said that you're a follower of Tom Brady, it might be assumed, I would expect you to become a really great uh, football quarterback or a cheater, one of those things, depending on your thoughts of Tom Brady. If it's said of you that you're a follower of Emeril Lagasse, you know, the Italian chef, bam! I would expect you to be or to become a great Italian chef. 
Or if it's said of you that you're a follower of Eric Clapton, I would expect you to be a great songwriter, a great guitar player, or, or, or you're working that way. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I would expect you to be or to become a great forgiver. How do we do that? That is so hard. Anybody want to know how to do that? You're going to have to come back next week. That's all what next week is about. This is a teaser. Setting you up. Next week is all about how do you forgive somebody else when they don't deserve it? That's what we're going to talk about next week. Would you stand with me? God has forgiven us. I had two goals for today's message. The first is to help people experience God's forgiveness who have never experienced God's forgiveness before. If that's you, listen up. It's time. You've got some weight on you. And that weight is bondage. It truly is. It's bondage. And God wants to set you free. Forgiveness is available through Jesus and through Jesus alone. The Bible's very clear how to find it. It's, got, it's like ABC is how I remember it. You admit you're a sinner. If you want to do that right now, just under your breath, you can say, Lord, I admit I'm a sinner. Like, I'm not, I'm not right. I'm not perfect. I've got a bondage on me. Second thing the Bible says is, is that you must believe in what Jesus did. He paid the penalty for you. You don't have to because he took it. He absorbed the blow. And you have to, you have to believe it. If that's you and you want to receive the forgiveness of God for the first time, you just got to believe it. And you can, you can just say it under your breath right now, Lord, I believe. I believe. And the third thing the Bible says is, is you confess. You admit, you believe, you confess. You got to tell somebody. If you believe in what Jesus did, tell somebody. You can tell the person that you came with today. You can tell me. At the end of the service, we'll have some people at the front who can pray for you. Tell them. Because your life just changed. And you want to confess that. The second goal for the service this weekend that I had was to help people unkink the relationship with the Lord. I believe this church is filled with people who are children of God. Your status as a child is not in question. But the connection between you and him is. It's, it's kinked. Maybe it's a little kink. You know, sometimes the kink totally breaks off the flow and sometimes it's just slowed, slowed down if it gets stepped on or something. God wants to unkink you. If you feel held back in your relationship with God, this, this might be you. If you have some past action or inaction that is holding you back, maybe it's apathy, just not caring like you should. If you have action or inaction that has held you back from the relationship with God that he wants for you, and you know he wants for you, this is definitely you. There's no shame. If you're a mature Christian, you're not unfamiliar with God's forgiveness. If you're a mature Christian, you know all about it. The mature run to Jesus. If there's ever been a moment in your life where you felt closer to Jesus than you do today, God wants you to go back. God wants that for you today. This is you. This is your moment. You're still a child, but God wants to flow into you. He wants you to flow towards him, flow your worship. 
if you feel separated, if you've rooted in something different, God wants you back. Listen, when we feel distant from God, he's not the one who moved. He is the rock. He is the firm foundation. He doesn't move. So if you feel distant, it's not his fault. We moved. So here's what, here's what I'm saying. The ball's in your court. We're about to play basketball with Jesus, and the ball is in your court. It's up to you to make your move. We celebrate you, Jesus. Thank you for the work that you've done. Thank you for the work that you're doing, you will continue to do in your children and in your church. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, listen, if there's any other prayer need that you have in your life, we're going to have people at the front ready to pray for you uh, as you leave. So, so if that's you, don't go that way. Go this way. Run to the Lord. And run to the prayer team, and, and uh, we would love to pray with you. Go with God. You're dismissed.